0: Welcome to the Manager Matt Podcast Show. The show is designed to give you solutions to your day-to-day management and leadership problems. It's hosted by Matthew Haddock, a frontline manager and leader with over 25 years of experience. If you're ready, then let's get on with the show.
1: Welcome to the Manager Matt Podcast Show. This show is designed to give you actual and practical help and advice, which will improve your management skills and get you the best results you can. Make sure you've taken the time to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. So you'll never miss an episode and share it with anyone else you think might enjoy it. Also, if you do a massive favor and put a rating in there, that just drives the show up so more people can find it. Well, without any more delay, let's get on with this week's show. So what do we need to do to keep people safe at work? Well, firstly there's lots of things you need to do to make sure you keep your staff safe at work. And if you don't think it's your job, then you're not doing your job right because every leader and every manager is going to be responsible for the people around them and responsible for themselves when it comes to safety at work. Now safety at work, It can be someone who runs a factory, a foundry, something so industrial that you expect safety rules. It could be a building site. But you've also got to think around your shops that you're working in and leading a team in. The offices and the environment you live there. All of it is about having a safe place to work. Now, we talk about the safety culture in the UK. To be honest, it's a good thing. People say, oh, it's health and safety gone mad. Well, really, it isn't. If you think how many people actually suffer injuries at work, it could be real life-changing. Most, thankfully, injuries are going to be minor or illnesses are going to be minor, but there is those ones that go bigger and, unfortunately, can lead to death. And, again, unfortunately, in the UK, there is 120 people per year on average who die um, in work-related accidents and health-related issues, and that's far too high. And that's why it's important, as a leader, to understand your role. So the first part of that is, what is your role? Well, it's about being moral. It's the right thing to do. It's not acceptable for a worker to suffer any injury or illness as a result of doing their job. So it's the right thing to do. You know, we have to make sure that we make it first on everything we do as leaders. You have to change to a safety-first culture and mindset. And secondly, well, it's the law. In the UK, if you're working, I know there's people around the globe, but most, if not all, um, countries have a legal rule, a law that says you must do this. It requires people in your organisation to be safe. And in the UK... They talk around assessing foreseeable risks and doing everything you can, which is reasonably practicable, to get rid of or drive down the risks. You know, we have risks in everything we do in life. We know that. You know, when you walk out on the street, you're going to take a risk. You drive your car, you're taking a risk. Everything's about risks. And if you balance to the point of having no risk, then you'd literally not leave the bedroom. But that has its own risk because, of course, not moving would mean that a human would die of other complications so the risk in a legal sense is around what it says the law must do and the third part of this if you think of moral and legal is financial you know as a leader you need to reduce the likelihood of your company being fined either through a criminal court or through personal injury claims and of course all that means that you need to uh, have a, a model that reduces those risks because there's going to be higher insurance claims there's going to be claims against you you're going to lose money uh, not just in the major ones because people always jump to the fact that someone might die and obviously that's the worst case but just people being ill and injured means they're not at work and if they're not at work they're not being productive so you're going to have to pay somebody else to do that work or it doesn't get done so Those are the three things. So it's morally right thing to do. It's legal. It's the law and financially it's money and benefits. So how do we go about this? How do we make sure you and your teams are safe at work? Well, there's two parts to this and we've probably spoken about these before. The idea of accountability and responsibility. Now, responsibility leads to a form of accountability, but you can always delegate responsibility. One thing you cannot delegate away is your accountability as a manager. So you've got to think to yourself, I may be responsible for the safety of that team, but my boss is definitely going to be accountable for the whole of what happens there. So first thing to start with: have I got the right responsibility at the right level? Do my people know their responsibilities and am I accountable for that? You can't turn a blind eye when it comes to safety. Can't just pretend it's not there. So that's a really important thing to do. And then what you go on to is the practical side of it. How do we know something's going to be dangerous? Well, you spot hazards. You know that a knife in your kitchen is sharp, it's a hazard. But on its own, a knife sat on a table, in the middle of a table, it's not particularly going to be hazardous. It's not going to grow legs and jump off at you and, and try to kill you. So it's a hazard, which is something that's a potential to cause harm. So that's the difference. You think of a hazard as potential to cause harm. What's the thing that links to the next bit? Well, that hazard has to have a hazardous event to actually create the uh, harm. So you can have something which is the most dangerous thing in the world sat there. But if there's no way that you could ever interact with anything, then it's not a hazard. I would argue that anything outside our, our control of the solar system, anything in orbit that's out there, has lots of hazards, but as long as it keeps going around, then it's not a risk. And then we'll move on to that word, risks. What is the risk? Well, the risk is a likelihood of something happening times by the severity of it. And that's when you think you can get yourself a nice little box matrix where you've got your risk, which equals your likelihood times your severity. And that number then needs to be ranked. And if you're doing this correctly, you risk assess all the hazardous events you can. You don't risk assess everything. We know that there's certain things that are going to be there. So you wouldn't necessarily risk assess everything, but you need to make sure you've identified the hazards and maybe justify why you haven't um, gone down the front of doing a risk assessment. on them. Because you'll hear a lot about risk assessments. Well, a risk assessment is realistically taking your hazards, getting your risk score between your likelihood and your severity, and working out what the top ones are. And if they're a high number, usually it's a five by five. So five has been the highest likelihood of it. That means that basically it's going to happen. There's a chance of that and severity obviously being the highest thing it's going to kill someone or others or more people. remember in safety, it's not just the people that you directly manage, but it's also other people coming there. So contractors, visitors, customers, you've got to make sure you've spotted hazards in that regard. The next bit on where if you've done your risk assessment, you've got your likelihood and severity, correct, is you can do your controls. So you take your highest ones and say, how do I control those, um, those risks? and that's usually on what they call a hierarchy of controls and a hierarchy of controls is very straightforward really first thing you would do and it's like anything if you've got a problem you try to eliminate it so can we eliminate the hazard good example of that is um when you see road signs that say road closed ahead that's the most effective way it means no cars are on that road it means the guys can work safely in that road doing what they need to do. So the first thing you always look at when you're using your controls in your hierarchy is can we get rid of it? Can we eliminate the hazard? And the next one is can you reduce it? Is there a chance that we can reduce that? So things like maybe you, you say to yourself, well, we're going to reduce the hazard by only doing it at night. So we're only going to do the we're only going to do the change at night. Then that means that the hazard is not there. So it's like a road closure but slightly different. Third one in your hierarchy is can we prevent people coming into contact? Now, the most obvious thing here would be guards. We know that most, if not all, uh, equipment that could cause harm, remember, if it can't cause a hazard or a hazardous event, then it, it doesn't need a guard. But if there's something that needs a guard, that's usually what you see. So machinery, moving objects will have a guard. Therefore, removing the chance of preventing the person coming in contact. Another thing, if we use the road analogy, would we, you'll see a lane closed with lots of cones and a speed limit. So again, preventing people coming over without fully closing it. And that's the third point in the hierarchy of controls. Uh, The uh, next point is around Safe systems of work and paperwork and controls and training. All there are introduced to make sure people are safe. Now, the hierarchy, as you have probably realised, is the lower you get down this hierarchy, the less it's a physical um, stop. It's more to do with people and processes. And, of course, when you get people and processes in, they become less effective. So right at the bottom of this hierarchy, and it's the one that probably people would say first um, in regards to their normal If someone said to you, what are the controls in this area? They'd say personal protective equipment or PPE. So you're using PPE, but really PPE is the last form of control or the form of control which is more likely to be abused. If you're wearing your hard hat on a a building site, then obviously it uh, wouldn't prevent things falling on you, but reduces the impact of anything falling on you, dying. But of course that person might take it off to have the break or it's too hot, exposing themselves. Whereas if you haven't got the person in the area... You've eliminated that person, prevented him coming in there with guards. You don't need the PPE because it's not in there. So those are the hierarchy. Eliminate the hazard, reduce the hazard, prevent people coming into contact, introduce safe system, work systems and training and provide personal um, equipment. So what you do is you've recorded on your risk assessment, you've recorded what the risks are, you've ranked them, and then you're going into what can I do to reduce the risks. So you need to review the findings, reduce the risks. There's no point in doing the risk assessment and it just sitting in a cupboard or on a computer. If you don't actually then go in and assess the risk and get it down, there's no point in doing it. And from that, you also need to put a monitoring plan in. So what you do is you monitor, audit the plan internally or externally to inspect to make sure that what you said you're going to do has been done and you go around this check, do uh plan, check, do act sort of cycle. And that makes it easier for you to then look at it and say, have we, what did we say we we're going to do? We we're going to do this, uh, reducing the contact. Have we done it? Yes. Well, what does that bring the score down now? Is it acceptable? Does it lower the risk? Uh, and that audit plan should be something you've done quite regularly. Of course, on top of that is going to be things like uh, spot checks, people going out and doing safety walks. All those things add up to being one of the monitorings. And you've got two types of monitoring. You've got a proactive and a reactive. Your reactive is usually when you're doing accident investigations after an accident's happened and looking at stopping it happening again. And that's a rate or a loss times. But those are all after the accident's happened. When you look at your proactive, you're looking at number of near misses being raised in the area, training, toolbox meetings, uh, all those kind of good stuff that goes in to make sure that that phase of, of the safety is done. And all in all, when people say to yourself, you know, safety, it is about engaging people to make it happen. People are, are the thing that will cause a problem in your safety system. You can have the best safety system at work, the best PPE, guards that you think are infallible, uh, infallible and some inflammable. hopefully infallible, they don't catch catching fire, but uh, people will find ways around them and go in there and go where they shouldn't do and and endanger themselves. So again, it's always about the management's responsibility to make sure that if people are breaking the rules, that they are educated, uh, they are taken through the process and they understand why those important safety systems are in there. And by that, you can drive down your accidents on your sites or in your companies and making sure that a safe place. And that will mean that people want to work there. They'll come and enjoy their jobs. They feel that you care because you do. Um, to make sure it's safer. And all in all, a safe workplace is obviously going to be a productive workplace. If it's dangerous, it's usually a mess. And if it's a mess, it's usually out of control and out of control and chaos businesses don't work or survive in a modern um, world. Well, thanks for listening. And always, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on the show, both good and bad. So please send me your feedback as it's a gift to a uh, management podcast at gmail.com. I answer all the own emails. and would love to engage on new, or revisit some old topics. One more thing, always apply what you've learned because today you can make tomorrow better. Right, that's it for Manager Matt this week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this Manager Matt podcast. We hope you found it interesting, helpful and actionable. One last thing, please leave a quick review on iTunes or with your podcast provider as it helps to spread the word of Manager Matt if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you did like anything in particular, send an email to managermatpodcast at gmail.com or visit managermat.co.uk for more content. Feedback is a gift, so let's keep giving. See you next week.